0: Buddy, and welcome to the TPM Podcast, Theology of Plain Men. My name is Zach. I'm joined by my good friend of comparable height, Andre Nelson. Mm, so. uh, you may notice that uh, I didn't start the way I normally do. Uh, normally, I have a few more hellos in there. Uh, hello, 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 as, <laughs> uh, as I am one to say. And my wife made fun of me this week, <laughs> uh, so I did it differently. Uh, it is a very special week in Theology of Plain men history, in Theology of Plain men lore, you might say, um, a man has returned from the grave. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if, how else I would call Texas Aww. other than the grave, but uh, our good friend, fellow Plain Man, making his debut, I don't know, a year into this shindig, <laughs> Nick Schleif. Welcome hello, to hello, the studio. airwaves.
1: Great to be here. Great to be here.
0: Yeah. Uh, for those of you don't know, uh, we broadcast from my studio, uh, the St. Clair Beat Lab. Uh, Beat Lab. Is that um, what we call it? Beat Lab? Well, that's what I call it. That'd be cool. I like that. Uh, Are we sponsored
1: by Beats. <laughs> no, do veg- us.
0: The vegetable. We're sponsored oh, by like, the vegetable. Oh, yeah. sick. Cool. Um, so, uh, we're in my basement uh, where Nick used to live. That's right. Back when it leaked carbon monoxide more <laughs> than it does now. <laughs> Just, oh, a, just a little bit. Just, just a little, little bit. bit more. Uh, so, Nick, uh, tell us in in a handful of sentences a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Thanks, Zach. I will start. Uh, it was a cold and rainy day, August 4th, 1995. I'm not going to start there. Too far. Um, so I grew up in um, in an area pretty close to the Twin Cities, um, Big Lake, Minnesota. Shout out to anyone from Big Lake, Minnesota listening to this. Um, you got a, a 763 people got to stick together. Um, grew up in Big Lake, Minnesota, and came to the University of Minnesota where I believe freshman year, maybe sophomore year. I don't remember what year I, I met you, Zach, Zach Dolman. Uh,
0: sophomore year, we probably met freshman year, but we were in the same Bible study sophomore year, yeah. Led by one of our other listeners, probably <laughs> our number one fan, Adam Wolf.
1: <laughs> yes, shout out to Adam Wolf, absolutely. Um, also, I don't know if I have a shout-out count here, but I'm going to probably cap it during my debut. <laughs> hey, well, you
2: got like a year to make up for, yeah. so go crazy. That's right, that's
1: right. So, In any case, yeah, I met this great uh, group of guys, uh, both through a Bible study the University of Minnesota and then later through living in a house in Dinkytown for two years, uh, which I like to say the house, um, the house itself was an absolute pit, but... <laughs> The fellowship. That's a
0: very <laughs> nice. That's a very nice word to use. But for that house. the uh,
1: all of the guys in the house were, were Christians and most are involved in the same uh, Christian student ministry. And so, I would say, yeah, my set of closest friends from college emerged from living there for two years. And uh, later, as I was finishing school, I had the chance to live in uh, Zach and Ashley's basement, and am eternally grateful for that as well. And since um, leaving, graduating school getting a piece of paper i am now working in houston texas so sadly i do not get to see all of these wonderful faces like andre and zach as much as i'd like to
0: but you're here now
1: yes i I thought that would be profound no i i really am yeah it's uh it is surreal
0: we should say he is in town uh in other big plain man news a guy who's probably not going to be here for a hot minute because he's learning how to be married. Michael Francis, we got Ooh. him married, everybody. Congratulations to him and his lovely bride. Um, he, uh, as one might say, outkicked his coverage, uh, mm. much like the rest of us plain men uh, who are married. So, um, I don't know, Andre, what are the questions do you have for
2: Nick? Yeah, that's a good question. So, as you come back to Minnesota, Minnesota.
1: Oh yeah! Don't yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, as a sidebar, it's interrupt. Um, I don't really have a Minnesotan accent when I speak. I think people in Texas have sniped me out from the like a busy room and they eagle eye to me and go, "What did you just say, boat? Like, where are you from?" I guess the the, the hard or long O, oh, whatever that is, it's that is distinct to the Midwest. And yeah. anyways, I've been caught before with that, even though I, I don't like to think I have an accent. Yeah. But please.
2: Well, so <laughs> I was going to ask, could you highlight, um, just like, let's start with one great lesson learned in your life in the past couple of years and your experience in Texas? Mm, or just, yeah, just like a good, like, take home, now that you're home, like a take home message.
1: Mm, that's a great question. I think that... Yeah, I think the last few years since moving to Houston, uh, the importance of community has been pretty pretty prevalent, pretty ready for me. Um, I did not know very many people, and before moving to Houston, um, probably a handful of people. Um, I had uh, done a co-op, um, so I was like here and back a few times before moving there. So I had known a few people in the exact same boat, same stage of life, um, but really having not really having a lot of long-term connections or friends. Um, certainly through something like a church or small group, but also just even just friends. Uh, and I've also learned that um, making friends is hard for me. And so mm-hmm. I am not not relearning, but uh, certainly practicing that a lot more than maybe I had in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just to, um, yeah, just to to not expect things to, I don't know, spring up overnight. As far as community goes in a new place, that's been pretty big for me, I think. Yeah.
0: takes time yeah me being your friend was really hard for me too um so (laughs) one thing that has been uh cool to hear you talk about uh from your time in houston um maybe putting you know putting me at the risk of throwing us into something theological here um one thing (laughs) one thing that's been really cool you're talking about is this bible study that you've been able to be a part of down there um tell us a little more about that
1: absolutely thanks zach so so in, uh, in Houston, I, I work for NASA. And when I was in an intern program with NASA, um, one thing that's maybe pretty unique about interning at NASA is there's a very strong community of interns. And so all the interns at a particular fall, spring, or summer will get together. Um, they'll host meetings together to talk about social events outside of work, as well as many of them live with each other, near each other. And so it's, just, it's very unique. And they'll do events um, all the time with each other, like renting out a beach house for the weekend or playing sports. Um, So one intern tradition at NASA that's been happening for about the last 10 years is that um, different interns at NASA have been gathering together just for a Bible study. And it really just started as a group of interns at NASA who were Christians. And they they thought like, well, we're all from different parts of the U.S. We'll be here for a few months and then maybe back at school and repeat. So some, some sense of stability and community is something they sought after. So they just started meeting together as a group of friends and um fast forward a few more years and um someone had continued to help lead this study throughout many many years um of time passing by and again every three or four months different sets of interns will come and go and so um in that sense it's it's a little bit chaotic because people are always leaving and even leaders are leaving as well but um in any case the in some form or another yeah nasa interns have been meeting together for about a decade um, and so when I started as an intern in 2016 for about, uh, the two years or so that I was interning in school as a part of the study. Um, and basically, um, after attending the study, like a few times as a co-op, the opportunity came when I started full-time to, to join the study and help to lead it. Um, the study usually has one person who's full-time hangs around Houston to help manage the, the turnover of, um, of people who live in, um. Who live in a few houses that are associated with the Bible study. Um, and, uh, there's a couple that own two houses in in the NASA area and just rent out to interns just for a place to live and for a space to host the Bible study. So, um, in any case, yeah. So since being full time at NASA, probably about a, just just over a year and a half ago, been I mean, living in the house, helping to lead Bible study. Um, and that has been that has been really really great. I would say that's been one of the highlights of my time in Houston so far.
2: That's really cool. And you live at one of those houses. Is that true? Yes, that's yeah. right.
1: Yep. So the the owners have a a house they rent out to uh, to guys, a house they rent out to gals, and cool. um, besides me in my house, it's just other. Dude, NASA interns yeah, passing by looking for a place to live yeah. who may or may not be interested in coming to the Bible study. Sure. So <clears throat> I guess that's—so I'm just going to follow that down
2: for a second because, you, you know, you talk about community being a difficult thing to recapture in your new time, you know, life in Houston, if you will. Uh, and I think that when we talk about community as Christians, we often are more so like referring to— just fellow believers, kind of like a Fellowship of the Believers thing, Acts 2, they were all uh, together and had everything in common, you know. And, and I think we are very quick to say, like, or, or or even in the context of people going off to college, you know, you go off to college and you're in this foreign environment and you, you latch on to other believers that are in this situation like you, because you have this thing in common. So you had that, you know, and that that, I'm sure that that was a very helpful thing. But you still say that it was challenging to develop community because you didn't have these like deep running relationships. How would you what would you say about that? Just like the difference between, yes, this like very black and white. Yes, I'm in an environment full of Christians, but I don't feel like immediately super well known and, and close to people. That's interesting to me that there's like a difference there that maybe doesn't always get acknowledged in these circles. I don't yeah. wonder what you would comment on that.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good comment because um, again the nature of this Bible study it's mostly NASA interns and every three or four months um, they will be moving in and moving out and so it's tough to find a constant even yeah. just getting to know someone for the course of three months uh, is is kind of difficult um, and so yeah I think I've I've tried to balance that by having. Um, Different opportunities to, to help lead and to serve with. So, helping lead the Bible study and really trying to galvanize different NASA interns mm. to take ownership of helping lead the study, as well as um, separately, I've been attending a local church um, and getting involved in a small group. And that has been really, really great for me because then that group of people is consistent. A little and more fixed. Is the same yep. and it's fixed, absolutely. Yep. And so, okay. both of those things have been uh, really, really great for me cool. in tandem.
2: So I think you had something you wanted to share from related to the, the small group or, or to the Bible study. This was the NASA intern yeah,
1: Bible study. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So um, for this NASA intern Bible study, um, most weeks it's um, me, um, any other leaders, and then any interns welcome to come. Um, and most of the time it's, it does, it's just a discussion from different passages of the Bible. And that's most of the meetings um, about maybe a little bit over two years ago. Uh, we had a connection of someone who had an, an astronaut who went to their church. And I think the discussion went something like, Hey, uh, I know of this Bible study of NASA interns. Like, would you like to go speak to them and simply just talk about your life and share your testimony, both in the sense of um, like your journey of becoming a Christian as well as journey to space?
0: So that's just a thought. I or a statement I never thought I'd ever even think about, like, oh, I know someone who, like, had an astronaut who went to their church. Like, that's just such a nuts thing for me to even think about. Oh, that hasn't happened to you? Yeah, we have a different astronaut Uh, uh, come every week. Oh, sure, yeah. (laughs) Like, think about that. Like, how wild would it be just to have, like, a normal celebrity? But there are far fewer astronauts than, like, random celebrity, like, A-list celebrities. So I don't know, maybe it's more common around around the NASA area. But yeah. Sorry to derail the conversation. That sentence was just wild to me.
1: <laughs> Had to acknowledge that. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's yeah, that's a good point. So in any case, um, this this person is actually one of the owners of the house who um knew about the study and very involved, um, very supportive of it. She she talked to him and he came and spoke at the Bible study and um did just that. He he shared his testimony as well as um his path to becoming an astronaut, and I think he went on several missions to space. Um, and then at the time he spoke, he was retired from going into space, but in the astronaut office, who helped pick new astronaut classes. And so very, very seasoned NASA space, space guy with a lot of great anecdotes about space as well as um, life as a Christian. And what's fascinating to me is the intersection of the two. Um, but in any case, trailing this, uh, this meeting with Dave, Dave Lietzma, um, I, I had asked him at the end, so I thanked him and asked him. And this is one of those things that it popped into my mind and one of these kind of thoughts that when they pop in your mind, you're like, this is a Hail Mary thought. Should I just, should I say it? Should I go for it? I went for it. I was like, hey, Dave, uh, let me know if you'd ever, if you know of any other Christian astronauts in your time <laughs> being an astronaut that would be excited to just speak to NASA interns. And that, I think that's all I said. And he turns to me and just beams this giant smile. He's like, Nick, you bet I do. And so Dave (laughs) connected me in the Bible study with a a few names that we reached out to. And essentially over the the next year or two, um, we had had the opportunity to bring in a few astronauts and each one the same basic format of like share your testimony of like what has been life for you, like becoming a Christian follower of Jesus and also separately journey and becoming an astronaut because a lot of people are curious about that and it's um great to talk about that too so i had a quote i wanted to share from one of those who came uh man victor glover victor if you're listening to this um <laughs> i re- we really appreciate it uh you coming at the bible study um good luck on your upcoming mission he's flying into space very soon for the first time um victor he uh I'm not gonna. I was going to say Victor when you said this, but he, yeah, I'm not gonna narrate as if he's listening. Uh, but if you are Victor, um, you said a quote at the <laughs> end. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> this
0: is the dumbest thing in the world that the, just this whole conversation I, is so out of left field to me. But I digress. Let's continue, please.
1: Um, so I am just going to absolutely directly quote this from Victor Glover. So. He came and spoke, and he had so many incredible thoughts. Um, I had written up just a a summary afterwards of so many of the amazing things he shared about um, the community of men meeting for a Bible study in the church he attends and what it means to him to be um, a faithful husband and a faithful father. Um, But what really stuck out to me was, like, one of the last things he said in the conversation. Uh, So, Vic, I'm just going to—this is a direct quote, Victor Glover. I may get to walk on the moon one day, and believe me, That would be dope. But my life is not defined by these achievements or other impressive feats. I live to make God famous, to study his word, and to have authentic, challenging, and meaningful relationships with others. At the end of my life, I want to be known by these things rather than the number of Twitter followers or by a job title. And what I would just like to point out about this quote, besides the whole thing, because I think it's great, is... Um, the very first clause of, I may get to walk on the moon one day, and that would be dope. That is a realistic statement that I can't make. Um, but Victor Glover can make and realize that the, the potential for, I don't know, achievement or accomplishment in his career pales in comparison um, to his identity as a Christian and what it means for him.
0: So let me let me pause you there. So as an engineer, right? Um, because I'm an engineer a, a handful of us are at the very least a bundle of us are scientists. Um, you are, I would say, and maybe you'd view this differently when I look at where you're at from an engineering perspective, you are in a lot of ways at the pinnacle of what engineering kind of has to offer in terms of you know being somewhere in your career. maybe in a lot of ways within NASA, there's a lot of growth you could have, but In a lot of ways, you have an opportunity that even amongst engineers, a lot of people like that may not get something that is honestly as as incredible as that is with what you have with NASA. So hearing this guy who is at the pinnacle of pinnacles that could ever possibly exist with any amount of human feet, say something like this, like how has that impacted your outlook with like realistically – you're on kind of a mountaintop with, with what you got going there from an engineering perspective. So how has this kind of influenced the way you've approached that in your own life?
1: That is a great question. And that's yeah, a similar train of thought ran through my mind right when he said it. Because um, as he's sitting in his living room, like he's telling us about at the time, he he has not been in space yet. Uh, but he had gone through the training, and his former life is a pilot. And so he was telling us all these anecdotes, and you can't help but, but feel a sense of like almost. It se- may seem like these people are superhumans. Um, how how do people like this exist? Mm-hmm. They're so impressive. They're so accomplished, um, which they are. But to hear the interim, uh, in between, and before and after this quote of just conversations of their humanity. I mean, they're j- they're people. Um, Many of the ones that came and spoke at the Bible study are their husbands and their fathers. And um, when when just asked about their life and um, and other things, like they'll talk about the job, like when we ask about it. But at the end of the day, it's very clear to me that these men are defined by defined by their faith and what Jesus has done. And that's it's encouraging to me. Is the the short answer, Zach? Because um, yeah, I uh, sometimes I get a, a big hot. A whole bunch of hot air filling my head, think like inflating myself, and I need to be deflated every once in a while. And uh, this yeah. was one of those great moments to do that. Of like, oh yeah, like because I, I can't say that I would realistically walk on the moon one day. Although, to anyone listening to the uh, from NASA at the astronaut selection committee for the latest class, <laughs> shout out my application's still out there and open.
0: Aren't you too tall?
1: Uh, I'm not too tall. If I grew two inches taller, I'm too tall.
0: Oh wow, you could be that tall. Under
1: the max height and I meet all the minimum qualifications and waiting to hear back. That's, I lost I lost a bet. So I applied and it's oh. it's not gonna go anywhere.
0: <laughs> that's that's what we're after here. Meeting all the minimum qualifications. <laughs> yeah. That's Darn what right. it's all about.
1: That's the kind of guy I am. So I don't know if that answered your question, Zach, but the answer is yes. That is why I think that quote has a lot of I don't know, impact and meaning for me, and I think about it every once in a while, and I love to share it.
0: I laugh because I don't think I asked a yes or no question, and you just wrapped up by saying the answer is yes. Yeah. But no, you totally did answer the question. I really do appreciate it. And that. I, my comment on it
2: is that I, I I find it very humbling. I mean, right, and yeah. I think that's kind of what you're yeah. saying in, in not as many words or, in, yeah, uh, is that, like, it's, it's somebody who you know is still able to say that he's able to overcome all the hubris you know he's overcoming way more hubris than i even am and i can't say that you know what i mean i yeah. can't yeah, have yeah, such yeah. A, 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 That's right. a concise and and well-put statement of my true values and objectives because i'm uh, oftentimes too consumed with myself and what i you know what i think i am but to read him say that is huge hugely inspiring
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, one, uh, I guess, to transition from that quote, um, I can talk about another anecdote of a different astronaut who came to share his testimony. Um, so next, uh love to share about...
0: two astronauts wasn't enough. Good grief.
1: <laughs> um, love to share about um, my dear friend and brother, uh, Chell Lindgren. Uh, shout out, Chell, if you're listening. Um, and Chell, Chell has attended the Bible study, the NASA intern Bible study, I want to say two or three times. And so he has been um, he has just been an incredible, incredible witness to NASA interns just to share about his life. Uh, both, like I said, as as a Christian, what the journey was like for him and as an astronaut, because Chell has been in space. He's he's done one stint on the International Space Station. So living um, orbiting Earth in low Earth orbit for about six months. Um, So he has even a slightly different perspective than Victor and even a slightly different perspective than Dave, who I believe only flew on the shuttle missions. Um, And so in any case, um, Chell had shared a story with us about his time in space. Um, Among many, one of them that stuck out to me is on the ISS, there is a window. uh, It's called the cupola. I think it's just Russian for window. And I believe no matter what time of day... Um, outside of the cupola um, the view you get is earth just the entire planet outside the window which is incredible uh any uh also shout out shout out to all the taxpayers uh listening (laughs) Um, you have funded you have funded uh everything nasa has done including that window no yeah including the window what i was about to say is taxpayers get your money's worth um there are Probably millions of just incredible photos of, of this exact view I'm describing. You could go at and if you pause right here, you could go find one of these pictures of the, outside the ISS cupola of the Earth. Pause it and then unpause like right now. Um, in any case, incredible view. One of one of the most incredible I could imagine a human has seen because it's the whole Earth sitting in front of you. In any case, um, so Chell went to the cupola and he. He had some free time. They have, astronauts have some free time throughout their day, um, every once in a while. So he went there, um, and he, he was able to bring a Bible with him on the ISS, which I thought was great. And uh, Chell had shared an, an anecdote of one of his times he spent in front of the cupola just reading the Bible. Um, and the verse that he had flipped to or was reading through a series uh, was Psalm nineteen one, And I'm just going to read the verse for you. Um, in the NIV, it says... The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. So Chell Lindgren, sitting next to the cupola in the International Space Station, reading his Bible, so looking down at his Bible, reading that verse, and the way he told the story is he was reading, he was intending, I guess, to read the whole psalm, maybe, and he, as soon as he read the first verse, he looked up out through the window and to see the entire earth Below him as this small item cosmically in the grand scheme of everything God has created um, he was explaining and sharing with us as a Bible study how worshipful that was for him um, to have a perspective that uh, to be literal very few people have ever had um, and for him as a Christian to see to see the beauty of the entire planet outside of this window and to move him into a place of Worship because um, as a Christian believing that God has made the earth and by his power sustaining all things living on the earth and um, To do all these things for his glory. I think is a is a marvelous idea that he had he to share just a a peek um, into his life Um, So that was also a really really great uh, great story great anecdote that he was able to share with the interns
0: I even like think back to like yeah, it's a Psalm of David, right? When he's writing this, this the skies proclaim God's handiwork, and like even David who had who had seen more of God in that in a lot like in ways that us here have not seen God, and when he uses the skies to describe God, mm. like his view of the skies, I don't think he ever imagined a view of the skies from the other way. Right. So when you think about, yeah. like, the expanse that that shows of God, like even the writer of this psalm, probably, I don't know, I haven't met David, uh, probably never thought of seeing the, the skies from the other way. It's the best way I think I could put it. But the fact that, like, that sentiment is, like, still the same. Right. That like and how much bigger is it? Right when you're when you're in this vast expanse, and you can still say, like this is this is a drop, this is a flick of his finger, this is a drop of a hat for God. Right, this is how big and how glorious God is. Yeah, yeah, and or yeah, and just
2: yeah, because when I read that verse, that's like a very common verse for people to say, you know, sit in awe of the Lord and His works and and yeah, I imagine the like pink sunrise, you know very basic, so this is like a very very fun uh evolution of this <laughs> of my of my mental imagery <laughs> when it comes to the heavens declaring the glory of god that's that's awesome,
1: yeah, and just to uh dovetail on this topic um I believe it was john Piper uh shout out John Piper if you're listening um we've
0: We've shouted out John Piper a number of times on this podcast. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> I don't think he listens.
1: Or by now he's a faithful listener and he is just beaming at us. Okay. <laughs> um, in any case, I believe it was John Piper who said that he was describing what, what does it actually mean when we say it is our aim to glorify God. That is a, a term and phrase in certain Christian circles. Um, I hope it's common. I love the word glory and glorify, but like a lot of church words, if we, if we, if we continue to use it without digging into it, um, we can sometimes just lose meaning or we say something and it has no meaning, etc. So I believe it is his description of the word glorify. Um, a very simple analogy he used is um, to glorify something and God especially is to look at God and his character, all of his attributes um, through something more like a telescope than a microscope and just simply meaning God and his character and his goodness and his love and his mercy um, by his word and by his son and so many other things God is good and he is infinitely good and the works of his hand are are mighty and are grand and are great and we should have we should have a a bigger view of God um, compared to a smaller a smaller view of who God is um, uh, to quote one more person on the quote train uh, is J.I. Packer, um, who had said that if we have a pygmy view of who God is, we will be pygmy Christians.
0: Yeah, I, I like that because it, it does. I think a lot of times there's a mistake we make where we, even in our studies, we want to narrow in on a subject. Um, or narrow in on a particular facet of God and who He is, but I think we can get into a lot of trouble when we do that, um, because who God is and His attributes aren't meant to be isolated and be exclusive from each other. God is is one consistent being, right? He is he, all His attributes intertwine and work together, right? Like when when you talk about God's love. You can't, you can't separate out aspects of that. You can't separate out um, his, his mercy from his justice, from his grace, because those all intertwine in a way that is genuinely who God is. So I, I, I think we, especially being theology folk, I think a lot of times it can be easy to make a mistake on, I want to dive deep on this concept. I'm going to keep going, 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 going down into it, and now you've you've really done a disservice to some to some attribute of god i know i've been guilty of that in my own life so i i do think that you oftentimes you need to take a step back and say here's the whole picture oh hit my microphone here's the whole picture how does this particular facet fit within the greater scheme of god and his character what are you pointing at me for? I don't
2: know. I don't have Dead air to say. is not good for I a know, podcast. I know, and I saved this last time, so. <laughs> All right. No.
0: Well, I think we're probably getting to a point where uh, where we are going to be wrapping up here. Um, at least, <laughs> at least it feels like. we're out of stuff to say, so <laughs> we may as well call it.
1: Uh, One, uh, if I can interject. Yeah, I was going to say any parting shots. <laughs> Nick? Yes, this I do is have a your shot. podcast. Oh, my podcast. Wow. Um, so. Just one last thought on this idea of um, looking at creation around us, um, seeing beauty and pointing to a creator who, who made that creation as beautiful and wonderful as it is, as well as um, everything else in the world. I think that um, I think it, it can be easy to lose sight that as Christians, um, the beauty of creation that people are, um, and maybe this is a maybe this is just a teaser for a, a different podcast all t- episode altogether, um, but to say that I think seeing and recognizing beauty in creation around us in nature, I think can help see and recognize that like people are God's most precious creation, and that that is worth studying and talking about and diving into and understanding um, and then one last thing. Um, one last song that is related to this topic of understanding, I guess just maybe the, the fullness of God's character. Um, a great song to listen to is where were you by ghost ship? Um, so the song is based on the book of Job. Um, and it is based on God's response to Job in the book of Job. And so if you had never read the book of Job, um, you should read it and then listen to the song. Um, Great. I think that read all 40
2: chapters of Job and then listen to this. Two Job is a song.
1: long song. The I think the song will help give you a, a sampling and it just goes to highlight the, the wonders of God through creation um, to demonstrate and remind Job of who he is um, as a God who creates and loves and sustains. So I think that's, I think that's the last thought I had. Maybe that's, too this unrelated. Has been,
2: this has been a wonderful topical <laughs> whack-a-mole with <Yeah>. Nick's
0: life. <laughs> topical whack-a-mole. Man, that's a phrase if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Nick, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you here. I'm excited to have you in Minnesota for I don't know, a couple more days, whatever it is. But yeah. Uh excited to get you up into the podcast. We have digital capabilities, everybody. So this, this voice is, is here to stay. Yes. Nick, right. do the sign
1: off. Uh come on. Thanks <laughs> for thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What is a sign-off? <laughs>